We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show episode it's a Friday five. That's what I'm going with. I, I get confused with the episode numbers. It's an early morning on Friday after a long and painful Thursday night. Yankees lost at Fenway Park. Um, I don't know. Let's just start there, I guess. We're going to do our Friday fives, but let's start there with the with the implosion in the late game, late inning uh, on Thursday night. What do you think, Scott? It, you know, it's another one of those those opportunities that are that are missed. And it's it's hard to look down the line. So many times last night, I'm looking on Twitter and... I'm watching just reactions from fans and I'm, and you know, I think we're all looking for blame at this point. Obviously there's a lot of things going wrong. So you want to point the finger at somebody and the blame seemingly is going around the, uh, around the, the, the team, but uh, like at a game like last night, like Chad Green just needs to finish that game. Right. And the, and the Yankees win like that. That's not on Boone. That's not on boom. Yeah. Yes. Sessa pitched a, a five pitch eighth inning. Oh, he would look so great. He should have come back out. Look yourself in the mirror. Anybody who, who says that Luis Sessa should have come back out for another Luis Sessa, Luis Sessa guys. <laughs> I think the only person that, that has been on the Luis Sessa train for however many is me. And and maybe uh, you know, uh, my guy, Chris Hope, <laughs> who's on Twitter as well. Talking even about you Sessa. weren't saying where is even, Luis even Sessa I'm not saying, him. I understand who he is. I, I like him. He's a, he's a toolsy guy. That's why I like him. He, he's got the ability. He's to a do toolsy things. pitcher. <laughs> toolsy is not usually a saying you say about a pitcher. That's usually a scrappy middle infield. A uh, toolsy guy, meaning he's got an arsenal, you know, he's got, he's, he's got the ability when I see the, he's the, got the makeup stuff. He's got and the stuff. amount of stuff that he's got. That's uh that, that, that makes my eyes go, go big. But of course, you know, no, he, it's, he it's held just... Chad Green out. Hold on. He held Chad Green out on Wednesday. Everybody was screaming at Boone. Wednesday to put Chad Green in the game and he didn't play in the game. And it was so very clear that if he had pitched him in that night, he would not have been available for the Boston series. And I didn't disagree with him. Yeah. I, you, it's hard to look forward, but when you're in a situation you are right now uh, and you're playing the Phillies and you have Boston tomorrow night and your bullpen's kind of a mess, 
We'll talk about that later, but it's kind of a mess. There's only one guy missing at this point, but it's still a mess. Um, your, your guy who's the second most trusted, depending on which day it is and which way the wind's blowing, you want to save for as a, as a closer for the end of the game for the Boston series. I, I understand the, the mentality and the logic there. He was ready. He was rested. It was his spot to come in the game. He needs to just, he needs to just close that game out and they need to win the game. Bottom line. That's it. Uh, whether exactly it's exactly like they need, he needed to do that against Houston before the all-star break. You have, you have a lead. Chad green is a capable relief pitcher. He needs to just finish the fucking game. Like, yeah. come on guys. Like what else is Boone supposed to, I, I will never hesitate to criticize Boone, right? But sometimes you just need to look at what's happening on the field and say, what was he to do there? That was the exactly. only option the, the, that he the, had. That was his only card to play was Chad Green for the save, and he did not save the game. So that is not Boone's fault. That is the player's fault. There are many positions where Boone does not put his guys in the right situation to succeed, and those need to be blamed on Boone. And and all the stuff we've talked about, how the team didn't seem prepared coming out of spring training, and they see, keep making the same mental errors and the same physical errors, like, fine, let's blame Boone for that. But the bullpen is what it is at this point. It's a little bit of a mess, like you said. Green's the only option there. He choked I mean, on the mound. Yeah, exactly. It's not like he's the only option, but he was the right option. I think he was the right option. You go with the guy that they have confidence in, who's been in a spot, understand that he had a terrible, terrible blow up against Houston, uh, but he's seemingly been the guy and been a trusted guy. Even since then, he's pitched well, not in the ninth inning, but he's a guy that, that has been trusted. So look, I, I don't kill it because the player just needs to execute at that point. And those moments, players just need to execute and you can't look around. And when I see that happen, same thing I said about Houston, like to me, that is a vacuum. The, the team played well. The team actually battled back. The team uh, won that game twice, essentially. Week. It's frustrating. This week has been much better baseball. So let's start there with Friday Fives. And it's Giancarlo's comments after, after the win against Philly on Wednesday, the walk-off win. He said everyone is, quote, hungry and scrappy in the clubhouse right now. And, and playing my, like it's their last game. Like that was the my, playing yeah. like it's the last game they ever play. My question to that is like, why does it take this team for their backs against the wall to steal Aaron Judge's cliche and for half the roster to be either injured or on the COVID list for them to finally start playing with some fire? Why can't they just do it to start the freaking season? Why can't the, the all-stars that are that make up this roster play like that to start the season. Like it's so infuriating. That's why everyone is so mad at this team because the expectations for this team are a World Series. Yet they come out of it and they act like they don't give a crap. And then it takes until they're pretty much win or don't have a season for them to finally start playing with some fire. That that frustrates me. Well, it's also it's also from what his comments are saying. It's the other guys who are who are supplying. Yeah, it's, not, it's not the providing the, the fire here. It's, it's the it's rail the, riders who are playing with fire. It's the guys that literally have everything on the line because they are playing for their job this season. They're playing for their job next season, and they're playing for you know an opportunity to stay in the big league. So, so yeah, it's infectious. Like at the end of the day, it is an infectious type thing. It's I think it is hard to recreate that type of energy and that type of mentality when you're a player that's been in the season. But again, like to me, that also goes back to the, the, the coaching staff and, and keeping that motivation up and keeping your guys, you know, at a point where they are hungry at all times and not letting that, that, uh, that, that type of attitude, um, get subdued in the, in the locker room. And 
clearly it has. I mean, yes, it's different because you have different guys in there with that that names are not as recognized. Half the guys on the uh, lineup currently probably don't know anything about these guys that are in the dugout right now, but they're playing their, their ass off and they're doing it in different ways. Like Stanton said, they're not doing it just the home run ball. They're they're out there like this is fun baseball to watch. This is fun baseball to watch. <laughs> Who would have thought? Greg Allen, Greg <laughs> Allen is hitting. Is hitting the ball in the gap, running the bases. These guys are bunting. Even Odor is like, I feel like this is Odor's exact type of ball that he likes to play. It's like scrappy backyard, like, you know, I'll do whatever I got to do. This is where he's the best at. I I feel like this is his, his skill set is actually coming out a hell of a lot more when you can see the different things that he does as far as like just getting on. It doesn't need to be pretty. um, And it's not, but, but it doesn't matter because he's just like a a gritty dude. And I, I can appreciate that, but you know, a but they're sacrifice bunting. They're they're and and then a sack we've fly seen, last night to get the game to get a run in. Like we'll, dude, we've seen more bunts and stolen bases in the past five games than we have in the past four seasons from from the Yankees. And you know what? It's exciting. It's exciting to watch because you have guys that are moving around the base paths, guys that have a little bit of fire, stealing bases. Like those are exciting plays when the ball ball in play. It uh, equals uh, something exciting happening. And when they're running around the bases, it's even better. So uh, I'm, I'm here for it. I love it. One more thing about Stanton. So Boone said there's a good chance he'll play the outfield this weekend at Fenway Park. I think they're preparing for that, his return to Miami. I like everyone's saying, oh, this is so great that Stanton's going to get back in the outfield. Like, th- okay, read between the lines here, people. He wants to play in Miami. And he, the only way he can do that is if he plays the outfield. So this, that's what this is about. This isn't about helping the team. You agree with that? Well, I mean, I'm not going to go this that that far, but it's the the writing is on the wall. And why now? Because it, there's the situation. I mean, Judge will be back at that point. Um, you, you, you're actually going to be in, in better shape as far as people go uh, for that Miami series. So it actually doesn't make as much sense if you're a team guy. Like if you're a team guy, you want to do that now. The, the Ryan Lamars yeah. of the world shouldn't be playing, even though we like Ryan Lamar and he's scrappy and I like it. And I appreciate it. But if I'm John Carlos Stanton and I see those guys being called up, it'll be like, yo, Skip, I can play the outfield. Yo, Skip, yep. I, I could do that and, and help the team out. And then, and then you know, Gary might be able to DH. That way we get another bat in the lineup. Could do that. But no, that's yeah. not happening. If, if John Carlo, if this was just truly 100% about helping the team, the moment Judge goes on the COVID list after the All-Star break, Stanton says, Boone, I'm playing right field tonight. Yeah, no, no doubt. Absolutely. He's healthy, right? He's he's healthy. We, we he's not on he's not unhealthy right now. Yep, he's healthy. Yeah. So this is about him wanting to play back home in Miami. So fine, he's gonna play probably Friday because the weekend series. He'll play Friday and Sunday in the outfield. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. All right. Number two, the Greg Allen hype. <laughs> it's real. People. It's real. It, it is, is real. real, and it is spectacular. Like you said, all the stuff about him hitting the ball in the gap and 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 stealing bases and stuff. I want to point to two instances from the Philly series. So on Tuesday, Greg Allen walks, then steals second, then advances to third on a sack fly, and then scores on a line drive out, but errant throw by Didi to tie the game. Okay? So that is one moment where Greg Allen's athleticism and aggressiveness came through and helped the Yankees. And then in the fourth inning on Wednesday, he ties the game with an RBI double. And then leads a double steal. It didn't lead to runs, but he led a double steal with two outs, which I don't know if it's the smartest thing, but hey, it's aggressive and it worked. So 
if it works, I'm not going to crush it. If it didn't work, I would have crushed you for making the, the final out at third base. But yeah, I mean, Greg Allen, I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm not really, I'm not really looking. I'm not really worrying about that right now. I think that when judge does return, you'll see judge in right field, uh, Florial in center field and Greg Allen in left field. Cause I don't think the Stanton thing in the outfield is a long-term thing. Again, I think it's just for the Miami weekend. Yeah, and I'm wondering how long Florial stays up as well, uh, because what is Brett Gardner doing for you at this point? Like, no, I agree with you. I would let, rather let keep him Estevan up. Florial work for sure. some stuff and, and and make like start his career at this point because we've seen enough of Brett Gardner. He's fine as a fourth outfielder in these in the current circumstances, but I've seen enough of Brett Gardner to know he's not a major league everyday player anymore. Maybe Estevan Florial can be. Exactly. So I, I'm good with that too. I, I I would take the kid every day of the week. I mean, he's making, you could, you could see the Ute, the Ute all over him. I mean, last night he had a couple defensive plays that were, that were not good. Uh, he didn't play a ball against the wall. Well, with Gardner out there and left, like pointing it where at the, at the pretty much the place for he, him uh, to be for, to catch a ricochet off of, uh, off of the monster. Um, and you also, also notice he's almost killed two outfielders by running into them. This yeah, no, he's, week. he, he, Yes, he's not been great in the outfield. And then also there was a play at the plate where he was camped under a ball, kind of a miscommunication in the outfield again uh, with who was going to catch the ball. But instead of actually lining himself up for a throw with his momentum, he was camped, had to restart, kind of crow hop and then throw it. And it was a great throw. Guys got a freaking hose um, and it was on target, but it was a fraction late. If he had just had good mechanics on the fly ball, probably drilled at the plate with the same throw. So, um, yep. Again, young guy learning it. It's going to be frustrating sometimes when you watch that. But again, we're seeing so much so much frustration from existing players that are out there that why not play the kid? If, if he can play, as long as he's playing, has the ability to play and is not, you know, completely hurting the team in a, in a, in a negative way, then I think he stays up. But that's number three is just let Esteban Floro play as much as possible right now to work through all these issues. I know working through issues at the major league level when you're trying to win every game is not ideal. but Again, I think he provides far more upside than Brett Gardner does at this point. And that's what I'm looking for is the upside. Well, it, it, again, if you're looking at Stanton, Stanton is the key to that, that, whole, co- that whole mix right there. If, if Miami is his coming out party for the outfield again, then, then great. You're saying if, then, he, if he plays the outfield, say, four days a week going forward? That's not going to happen. I understand that let's just play this uh, play this game for a second though. If he, if it, if it is his coming out party and he's like, you know what, I am going to play out here. I feel great. Let's do it. And he does it, and he's out there. Then Florial doesn't get everyday reps. Uh, you know, I I'm having Fine, then put Greg him back Allen's going to play. Then you put him back in screen exactly. But you're now worried about um, you know just you want if you are not playing him every day, you're worried about the development of a player. That that's what I'm getting at. So if let Stan me ask you this there, question. Yes. Uh, okay, here's a little over under game on Giancarlo Stanton. Games played in the outfield, which is currently at zero. Okay. Games played in the outfield from today through the rest of the season. I'm going to put it at three and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? I was going to say four. So that's a tough one. Uh, I'll, I'll go over, but it's not by a lot. And so then Florial needs to so stay easily up. could be. It's so easily. Yeah. If that, that's the case, then, then Florial will get plenty of playing time. This um, is what's going to happen. He's going to play. A game in the outfield at Fenway Park this weekend, and then he's going to play two games in the outfield in Miami to equal three, and he will never play the outfield again. 
Which doesn't make any sense because if he shows well and everything goes well in Miami, what's the reason for not him not playing? It doesn't make risk any sense. risk of injury. Okay, it, it, again, it's a really it's a really ridiculous. Unless reason, Aaron Judge gets COVID again, then maybe if Aaron Judge is doing some shady shit, gets COVID again, then may, then maybe they'll need him in the outfield. Who knows? But the thing is, here's my the reason. The only reason I will say don't uh, keep Florial up on the team is if there's an opportunity. If it's between right now, if it's between a guy like Florial. And uh, Greg Allen, like you got to play Greg Allen just because he's going so yeah, ride well. Ride that and, until it dies. Yeah. Number four, DD returned to Yankee Stadium with fans in the stands. He did play at Yankee Stadium during the COVID season, but obviously no one was there. What'd you think of his reception? I thought it was pretty minimal. Um, really, really, like I don't know what I was expecting to be honest. Uh, it's so it's so far removed at this point because of yeah, last year. I think last year the, makes it feel like problem. a decade. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Yeah, I think that is a there, there's no there's no shortage of love for Didi. I think on on the from the fan base, you know. But again, it's hard to it's hard to get like so so very pumped up after this amount of time <laughs> that that you've been gone. Um, so that's that's the only that's my only takeaway. I don't think it really meant uh, much as far as like nobody appreciating Didi. I think people appreciate Didi. The, the, the haters didn't like that who didn't like Didi are, are exactly in the same camp. The people that appreciated Didi appreciate Didi still. Number five, Ryan Lamar walked it off against Philly on Wednesday. And then Michael Kay with a little Houston troll job on the broadcast. When Lamar's shirt was being ripped off, he goes, oh, let's check for a buzzer. Nope, no buzzer. All clean here in the Bronx. What do you think of that? First of all, if you said the, if you saw the picture of, of that mob after the game uh, with Ryan Lamar around second base, if you, if you showed that picture to a Yankee fan in the offseason or at any other point, like a, a, a month ago, you're, you're like, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? That It was like Greg Allen, Ryan Lamar, Frisky, uh, Tyler Wade, Odor, and uh, Chris Gittens, I think, was in there. Like, what is going on in the Bronx for these people to be excited in, in a major league game? What is happening? So that that is like a, a wild trip. It's not even like, I don't know, it's a bizarro world picture because it doesn't seem like it's a, it's a fraction of reality. But um, yeah, Lamar was pumped up. Tyler Wade was way too excited to rip his shirt off. Like he was really trying very difficult, very hard to rip his shirt off. And he's a party boy. Uh, I know that's the glow stick. That's the glow stick guy. And Tyler Wade's Wade. a party boy. That's what they, that's what party boys do. They <laughs> Tyler, get naked Tyler, with each other. Tyler Wade was in full glow stick mode at that moment and, and trying to <laughs> trying to rip the, the Jersey off. So that Wade was like, all right, relax, relax. Wade relax. took his hit of Molly in the ninth inning. So it was kicking in and that, and that's why he was ready to rip his clothes off. Yeah. So, uh, it was fun. It was fun to see the Michael K troll job. Like that needs to just stop going away. They, they, as soon as they walked us off, that ended. So that ended to me in my, yep. my, in my eyes, like I'm not talking about that anymore because they shoved it back in our face, uh, with a ridiculous comeback in the ninth inning just before the all-star break. So no, doesn't, so the Yankees, I have won't actually, talk about it anymore. The Yankees have actually won both of their series against Houston this year, but does it feel that way? No, but that's that's kind of the way that this team is right now. When the successes that we have don't even feel like successes because of these, you know, because of the color commentary that happens around the uh, the series wins. There's there's still things that happen that are brutal, and yeah, the, look, the the Yankees and the Red Sox play three more times this this uh, this weekend. They they could come out and win three or four and totally change what happened last night. So hopefully. We're, we're kind of reverse engineering this thing and it's not happening on the back end, happens on the front end when we turn the course and, and can take the last three games and it feels different. So I would hope that is actually the case. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and that's where we're going to start to look ahead is this four-game series, now three left. And going into the weekend, had the Yankees won three out of four, if they win three out of four, which is still possible, that will put them five games back of Boston. If they lose three out of four, they will be nine games back of Boston. That's a pretty drastic swing. They'll be seven back if they split the four-game series, but that kind of just wastes a bunch of head-to-head matchups with Boston. Now, as we sit here Thursday morning, or excuse me, Friday morning, they are eight games back after the Thursday loss. I think as far as the division goes, you got to win three out of four this weekend if you want to have a chance to win the division. I mean, the division just every day feels like it's further and further apart. I mean, even last week, I'm looking at the division and like, Five you games. Gotta, you you got to overtake two teams. It's not just Boston. It's not just Boston. It's Boston and Tampa. And Tampa got better this week. And Tampa got. Oh my God, they got better. I hate. I hate that move as a Yankees fan. Uh, as a Rays, the, God, they're they're smart with some of the things that they do because that is such a that is such a perfect. Let's just talk move about it now. Team. Nelson Jesus. Cruz. Nelson Cruz is going to make that lineup so much fucking better. He is yes. such a good hitter. He's yes. such the perfect hitter for the Rays. He's just going to DH and he's, he's going to freaking mash. He's going to hit probably 25 home runs in the second half because he's a freaking animal. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it bothers me because of the, of, of the perfection of the move on the Rays part that this, you don't have a it's guy so like opportunistic. Cruz. It's so yeah. opportunistic in the, in the perfect way. Yeah, we'll we'll take on a little salary just for this year because we know he's going to make us that much better. He's going to make this lineup, which is already kind of fluid and and interchangeable. But now we're going to put him in there to just sort of be the cog, number three spot in the lineup, or whatever they do, and just murder the Yankees. Yeah, and they're like, hey, 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 Minnesota. I know things aren't going well for you guys this year, and. You're you're not so good against the Yankees. You want to stick it to them. You want to you want to shove some bats up the Yankees' ass for the postseason indirectly. Give us Nelson Cruz. Give us Nelson Cruz, and we'll we'll take care of that for you. That's that was the that was the conversation. 
I mean, maybe he'll get injured. That's the only thing. It's like he's old and he has been injured. So the only chance that he does uh, not are we, help are we, them. Are we risking, are we rooting for injury at this point? Is that what's happening? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just like, he's, he's immortal. <laughs> maybe he pulls a hamstring before, before the three game series next week. Uh, because it, it, age does not affect him. That's clear. I mean, what, is I he 40, he's 41 years old, right? I think he's 41 years old. Yeah. And, and he's still is, one of the best hitters in the league. Yeah. Does not seem like father time has no bearing on Nelson Cruz. He just goes. And, and I know he's a former steroid guy at one point. He was popped. Who cares? So well, who the who hell knows? I, I, yeah, I, I get it at this point, but, but you know, he's 41 still mashing. So, you know, there's a little bit of suspect around that. And, and the Yankees would also have to over Tampa's is only, um, well, actually did Tampa win yesterday, but Tampa did uh, win. Okay. So they're tied or they're still a game back of Boston. The Yankees are seven back of Tampa. Uh, for the wild, I mean, Tampa's got right now. Tampa, they're but leading again, the wild don't card. worry. We're not worried about that. I know you got to catch Oakland. That's what yeah. right now the Yankees have to catch Oakland, and they're four and a half back of Oakland. But I think it's really difficult if you're just saying we're going to finish third in the division and still make the playoffs. I no, but that's the clearest path forward. That's the it's problem. The clearest but, path forward, but at the same time, it's it's such a narrow path, and any hiccups, it's it's your season. I mean, I guess so, but it. But that's the thing. Like, what's the alternative? Looking at the the other, the one that's insurmountable, which is an eight game uh, lead by two teams. Essentially, no, no, the division. The division is done. The division the is division done. is pretty pretty much done. Even if they win, it's going to be tough just three because out. there's two teams ahead of them. But five. Okay, so if you win three out of four this weekend, doesn't even matter what Tampa does. You're playing Tampa next. But if you win three out of four this weekend, you you leave Fenway Park five games back. Yep. That's that's doable. For sure. And then you, you go leave, and then you have a, a series against Tampa and it matters what happens there too. If you leave seven or eight games back, it's not really doable because you don't have enough games head to head with those teams left. You're just the, treading the water that there's two, and if there was one, time. If there was one team ahead of you, like things can happen, but there's two teams uh, would be ahead at that point. And that's, that's difficult. Two teams that are seemingly going well, and Tampa, who just got better. I don't expect Tampa to falter towards the end of the and season. This is also this I is also a moment for Tampa that they're like, "Oh shit, we got Nelson Cruz. Let's fucking go." Yeah, uh, Nelson Cruz. Oh, and by the way, are the number one prospect in baseball who's been in our minor leagues for however many years is now in the majors. You know, if Tampa was go. not directly in competition with the Yankees, honestly, they're they're a good team to root for. They're a good organization to root for if they were not in the Yankees division. The way, I mean, what that is saying is saying uh, remove emotion from, from what I'm looking at, and I can't do that. However, I can appreciate the way that they run their organization. That's, that's where I will go. I, appre I do appreciate the way they, un they run their organization, and, I, uh, and it bothers me sometimes because they're doing a better job than the New York Yankees are. That's for sure. The Yankees so, yes, try to act that, like that's Tampa. Frustrating. In, in a perfect world, the Yankees would act in the smart way that Tampa acts, but they would also have the money to spend that Tampa doesn't have. But it just seems like the Yankees have put this fictitious cap on themselves and also trying to act like Tampa, but they don't do it in the exact way that Tampa does. And they're kind of just stuck in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't right. disagree. Number two, we already did number four, which was Nelson Cruz going to the Rays, and we did number one, 
which is the Yankees division chances and and this weekend against Boston. But one thing I'm looking forward to is the number two thing is Garrett Cole versus JD Martinez after the very odd story of JD Martinez potentially lying about Garrett Cole, ignoring the Red Sox players at the all-star game. He said that Garrett Cole, when he got on the American league bus refused to talk to the Red Sox players. Then Garrett Cole's wife, and there was video of him sort of acting it out. Then Garrett Cole's wife said that is not true. That didn't happen. Weird ass story. First of all, if it happened, cool. That's my ace. If it didn't happen, why is JD Martinez lying about this? Unless this is some out of context joke that was be that got captured on camera. I just don't know what his incentive is to lie about this when it's only to, he thought he's only telling this to fellow players. He's not telling this to the media. He did. He was not aware he was on video when he was telling this. So what is his incentive to lie about this is my question. It's just weird. I mean, the whole thing came out to, uh, 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 Jimmy, they posted the video of him talking and then, and then Garrett Cole's wife comes underneath in the comments and talks or in one of the, uh, uh in, a, in a tweet on Twitter and, and comments that it was a, a lie. It's just, it's very strange. It's very strange. And why, why, why do they care? Why does Cole's wife enough like to go in there and, and, uh, make a comment about that too? It's all just very strange. So probably something out of context, Garrett Cole's like kind of an odd dude in some of oh, the yeah. mannerisms, I think. So Probably that, and probably just awkward. That awkwardness and and being snubbed can can definitely be one and the same. And people think that uh, can take awkwardness as um, being either rude or snubbing or you know a different a different uh, actual emotion or, or response than what it was intended to be. And I guarantee it was that. And even and if it was, maybe he just didn't feel like talking to him in that moment. But it wasn't anything calculated or anything more than that. Yeah, he and could've... I think JD Martinez was just bullshitting around and and just talking shit like that. I think it was just a bunch of small things that that for whatever reason got captured and made it seem bigger. That's what I think really happened. I don't think it's you are anything more than that. You are right. Cole can be Cole strikes me as someone who might be a little socially awkward at times, and and maybe that's that's what it was. Anyway, yeah, just listen, listening to him talk, like there's a little bit of awkwardness tinge in there too. So I could see him like, you know, walking past someone with like an awkward smirk or whatever, and 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 giving the giving off a different vibe. <laughs> Number three is the bullpen issues, which we briefly touched on already. You're right to say that Loizaga is the only guy who's physically not in the bullpen right now. And he was having a great season, but I almost count Chapman and Britain as not really being there in their full capacity as well, because we all know Chapman's problems and Britain's basically been hurt the whole season and is not Zach Britain, Zach Britain at this point. So even though you're only down one body, you're kind of down like three bodies. And then Chad Green in the biggest moments has faltered. Biggest moments of the ninth inning. Is Chad Green, unfortunately, one of these pitchers that can't pitch in the ninth inning? Because it's happened. Dellen Batances couldn't pitch in the ninth inning. Dellen Batances was a freaking animal in the seventh and eighth inning. And then he gets put in the ninth inning. And for whatever reason, he couldn't pitch. Okay. Nerds will say that's not true. That's not real. Okay. I see it with my own eyes. It's true. It's real. Yeah, show me when it doesn't happen, nerd, and then you can tell me those. Uh, that's him. Give me the sample size of that, 
the the performance in the ninth inning and then uh, tell me it doesn't happen. I, yeah, maybe that is the thing because uh, he has pitched well, not in the ninth inning, um, but he's he's uh, he's not been able to really sustain anything in the ninth inning. So yes, the bullpen issues are are just. I think it's in a very strange place right now, and it needs to it needs to course correct. I think that's the best way to say it because he, Boone can't start messing with things too much, and all of a sudden start removing guys from the positions that they are supposed to be in. What's the in theory, alternative? You. If it wasn't, so this is, a, this is the problem, right? It's okay. Chad Green's not working out. Chapman and Britton were unavailable because they pitched already uh, it, it, this week. So they don't like to do the three days in a row type of thing. And Loisica's not there. The alternative is what we saw, which is Brooks Krisky on the mound at Fenway Park in the 10th inning. Or Sal yeah. Romano, who I had never heard of 48 hours ago, pitching in a must-win game. But again... <laughs> So the 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 um the reason why Krisky was in the game was because Chad Green didn't do his job in a position right. that he should have. Right. So but other than those players we mentioned that need to perform, need to figure their crap out, or need to get back from the COVID list, your your options are Sal Romano and Brooks Krisky. Yeah, or like Sal Romano, even in that moment. So this this comes down to a number of things. It comes down to who's available. Who's not in the bullpen right now? It's only Lilizaga, and and then you know what uh, what position are they in currently? Are they trusted as a closer? Are they not trusted as a closer? That's what's that's what's affecting I think the the um, the muckiness of the bullpen right now because Chapman was removed from the ninth inning for a bit because Chad Green has had uh, issues in the ninth. We're we're starting to see now Boone having to to be pressed into these situations that he probably doesn't want to do either. Like I. He's in a tough spot. I get that. He doesn't want to overuse guys at this moment in the season, but at the same time, like throwing out for for all uh, intents and purposes, um, Sal Fasano or whatever is uh, Sal Ray, Romano. No, it's, it's Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Sal Fasano did a great job. It's the came love in. child of Sal Fasano and Ray <laughs> Romano. <laughs> but at the same time, six four, two hundred fifty pound, no name middle reliever. The the he's playing a match. That's the Venn diagram of Sal Fasano and Ray Romano is a fat middle reliever who's wearing Dylan Batan- no wearing <laughs> Dylan Batanzas number. Who I'm pretty he's, sure he's knock off Dylan Batanzas. He's knockoff brand Dylan Batanzas. But I mean, at that point, he's playing a match. He's playing matchup. There were two right-handed bats coming up, playing matchup because Montgomery got pulled. 83 pitches had come out from from the um uh, uh, from the rain delay, pitched in an inning, came back out. So seemingly that's yeah. a, no, a, a, a moot point. He was going well. The the ball before wasn't like it was a hard hit ball. It was a it was a it was a stung little uh, yeah. But Martinez right was side. coming up. Martinez was coming up, and that's when they brought Romano in is to face JD Martinez. I understand he ended up that getting a base hit, then he got out of the the inning. But they didn't. But want- again, right handed bats. He was playing the matchup. He was going right handed bats. He was bringing in a right handed pitcher for the right handed bats. But he was bringing in a right handed pitcher. For the pure sake of a matchup, not knowing who that right pit, that right-handed pitcher is, that's where I have a problem with it. It could have been, it could have been you or me out there. Exactly. Go with if you're not, and you understand that your bullpen is in a bit of shambles, and you need arms. I, I'm still rolling with Montgomery at that point because I think Montgomery was still going well uh, and was pitching very, Montgomery very well. Montgomery had has been pitching kind of under the radar because the Yankees hadn't been scoring for him. So every single game he pitches, the Yankees lose. So you kind of just lose sight of the fact that he's actually been pitching pretty well. He's had these early, early innings that have, that have been bad, but then he comes back and starts pitching well and gives you 
length. He needs to clean up the early part, which is exactly what he did uh, in this series. He looked very good. I mean, he looked very good. And his changeup and and off speed stuff w- was fooling the Red Sox hitters. So when you, so you're but when you have a guy eighty three pitches, when you have a yeah. guy eighty three pitches, and you understand where your bullpen is in the situation it is, you should ride your guy. You should ride the guy that you trust at that point, rather than bring in a complete no name just for the matchup. Look, it worked. And it this worked. is one of those opportunities where you say, okay, it was. I question the move, even though it worked. Like you got to go both ways for for Boone. It worked. There's no doubt. So so you know, no harm, no foul there. Um, but at the same time, put his bullpen in a position where he was down another guy and couldn't make a move when Krisky literally looked like the worst pitcher that's ever existed in the major uh, league. He looked, he looked four, like he was so overmatched. He bounced that pitch. It went four, like 45 feet. Four wild pitches. Four wild pitches. In an inning. And there's nothing to do at that point because you've gone too far. There's no one ready to go. Justin Wilson, from, uh, from everything Boone said after the game, was just an emergency option. He yeah, didn't what is want to Justin put him in Wilson at all. on the what is he on the roster at this point for? I mean, he pitched well the other night. He's he's coming back. Uh he if he's going at a at a decent clip, like he's a very valuable guy. But do you remember yeah, one of my bold predictions? Himself. My bold prediction, one of them this year was that the bullpen is going to struggle more than the starting rotation for the first time in many years. And I don't and even I know, know if that's the case, though. I know that didn't happen in the first half of the season, but looks like it's coming true now. Oh, I mean, in in the moment, in, in this moment in time, yeah. the the prob The problem is that some guys have faltered, like Chapman and Green, and then the moves that Chat that Cashman made in the offseason have not been good. With O'Day, who's out for the season, and Justin Wilson, who's been bad, and or right, right, yeah. Well, I mean, when you have the foundation of your of your uh, bullpen at the end there, the 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 guys that are cemented in their spots, either hurt or not pitching well, that's a problem. And it affects everything else. And that's what's happening right now. Those guys the need la- to get right. The last thing, number five, is trade rumors because we are like a week away from the trade deadline. Buster only is uh, reported that the Yankees have called about Trevor Story. The Yankees, along with six to eight other teams. This is something you mentioned on the last show that maybe they get an infielder. It doesn't matter what the position is. And then you just shuffle your guys around that infielder that you acquire. In this case, this would move Glaber back to second base. Gio would go to third base when he's re- when he returns, and then Lemayhu can play first base, second base, third base, wherever you you need him. And this takes Odor's bat out of the lineup. I was shocked to see two things: that Odor is hitting two ninety two since June eighth, and even more shocking, two ninety two ranked sixth in the American League in that time. Good for him. A yeah, sub no, 300 batting average ranks sixth in the American League. Well, that doesn't surprise me right now, to be honest. I know, but, but it's just like 292 is is great. Like two, you hit in the 290s, like fine. Let's round it up to 300. Who cares? But it's still, it's like you don't expect it to be sixth in the league, right? Um, when I see that Odor was was uh, that 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 stat from June 6th batting 290. The eye test tells me that he's been going much better recently. So uh, to what clip, I, you know, I didn't know exactly the, the, the line. So um, good to see that the eye test is matching up with those numbers because the eye test is also telling me that this guy gets it and, and is playing uh, not, not only you know, good baseball in the sense that he's getting on base and he's you know, hitting to a high batting average, which, which again, if you don't believe in batting average, fine, but it's still a tell, still tells you that things are going well, whether you're lucky or not lucky. Uh, it's still things still things are going in the trending in the right direction. And this guy's doing a lot of different things on the on the on the team. Not to mention he's a he's a clubhouse guy and just consistently in the huddles. So 
I'm I'm definitely coming around on on uh, Ruggio Dor and I'm liking uh, liking what I see. That bunt solidified it for me, honestly. What is your and gut? I, and I'm pretty sure he did that on his own. O'Neill and Cohn and those guys were talking about that, and I agree. I think he did did make that decision on his own to bunt last night. Yeah, bunt's not brave enough to go against the nerds and call for a bunt. What uh, what you is just called your Boone gut? Bunt? What you just called Boone? You just called Boone Bunt, which is kind of funny. They're one and the same. Hey, Bunt 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 is an idiot. <laughs> Um, what is your gut telling you that the Yankees are going to do at the deadline? Are they going to acquire somebody, but it's going to be like, yeah, okay, fine. They acquired a a warm body to fill a position. Are they going to acquire someone like Trevor story that that really gets, that's a name that gets hype, that gets hype going. That could be, uh, he could be on this team for a long time. If you work out a contract with them, or are they just going to do jack shit? What I don't understand is the reports that I've seen, uh, I saw on, on trade rumors and, you know, only has been talking about this and uh, fun little fact here. My brother who lives in Denver went to the, um, does Buster he have some only, inside knowledge? Well, yeah, went to the Buster only and Tim Kirkshen book signing. There were one of three people there for a while. And he was like, yeah, I was talking to Buster only for like half an hour. I was like, that's I was like, hold on. Why were other people not there then? <laughs> that was, that was what he kept going back to, but uh, seemingly a very nice guy. Um, and, and they had some good conversation, but yeah, talking about Trevor story, being a guy that the Yankees are, are certainly actually like truly interested in. Uh, and there are conversations that I've had, but the rumors of, of, of Trevor story playing center field, what, why, where's that even coming from? Just because the Yankees need a center fielder and it fits a narrative. I think that's exactly why people are, there's reports out there, um, on, in publications that are saying that because he doesn't play short, uh, center field. He's not a center fielder, hasn't played center field. I'm looking at his baseball reference and all I see is shortstop and DH on this, on this, uh, on this standard feeling chart that looks like an Excel spreadsheet that I'm very surprised I found. But well, that's not a, that, he's he actually just transition. Good, no, he's actually a good shortstop too. Right, but it's you don't just like, transition from shortstop to center field like that. Like it's not something that you just do. That's not a no. position that like very much correlates immediately. No, no. But also if you're moving someone, I don't think you're moving Trevor story. You're moving Glaber Torres position because Glaber Torres is not a great shortstop and Trevor story is a great shortstop. It doesn't help your center field spot though. That's the problem. Is what, no, it doesn't is help the, your center field spot, but if you're going to move someone, why would you move? You'd move the guy that you don't really want at that position long-term. Anyway, we all think Glaber Torres can be a long-term better second baseman than he can shortstop. Again, still doesn't address the center fielder, and you're looking at it in a no, moment. No, because you're in time. acquiring an infielder. If you want to address the center field right. problem, acquire That's a center point. fielder. That's my point. <laughs> that is exactly my point. He's not a center fielder. I'm not going to acquire so, a catcher to fix my pitching problem. Like, what the hell? I mean, we have Sal Fasano out there pitching in the eighth inning. So, what are we doing? The And shout out to uh, my brother, uh, Tim Ryan, who lives in Denver, part of the uh, the BP crew, Denver. Uh, those guys have a nice, uh, have a good, tight group out there. He just got engaged, got engaged. Oh, congrats! Um, yeah, to, did he do uh, it at? Did he do it at the All Star game? Who's now fiance Sarah? Huh? <laughs> did he do it at the All Star game? <laughs> he did not do it at the All Star game. He did not do it in front of Buster Olney or Tim Kirchin. Uh, oh, Tim Kirchin would be so squeaky and so happy if he was there. He would, be, he would be very happy. Those those would be two happy guys if you did it in front of them. Ah, well, Sarah congrats, would be like, "Why congrats. are these two old guys here? Well, what, what do they have anything to do with what we're doing right now?" Very cool. Very cool. All right, that's going to do it for the Friday Fives. We will talk to you again after the next three games against Boston. I need to win the next three in order to keep their division, slim division hopes alive. But as Scott and I talked about, it's really that second wild card spot. We'll talk to you guys in a few days.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.